Dear listeners of Radio Ara, welcome to the episode of Voices Matters with me, Oriola Spaho. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a pleasure to be with me today in this exclusive interview, Mrs. Charlotte Christensen. Well, for the whole public, you may have heard about Charlotte as she is a mentor and advisor for sustainable startups and businesses. But some years ago, she founded Any Allergy Food, a website that helps people who have allergies and food intolerance. Her story starts a long time ago with a dramatic situation of food poisoning and many months through the suffering of repeated infections. Welcome to the studio, dear Charlotte, and thank you for accepting this interview. Thank you for having me, Oyola. It's a pleasure. Well, what happens 15 years ago, Charlotte? Well, actually, it was during a heat wave here in Luxembourg. I lived all over the world and we were at a restaurant here in Luxembourg. It doesn't exist anymore, so I can say that. And um, I wanted something light to eat, so I had some egg, I had some fish, and I got violently sick. And uh, my doctor gave me some antibiotics, which is one of the worst thing you can do in terms of uh, a salmonella poisoning. And that led to simply one infection after the other. For a whole year, it was just one thing after the other and started my journey into food allergies, intolerances, the feeling of being bloated and uncomfortable and not knowing where to start and where to end. But I'm a very slow learner, so I spent mm -hmm. the next few years just plodding along. And it actually took quite a few years after that before I started working with an allergy doctor and trying to get to the bottom of what was really going on. What was it that was allergies? What was intolerances? Mm -hmm. And what was sensitivities um, to various different kinds of food? And during that time, from the start and until then, it was a never-ending descent into feeling weirder and weirder whenever I was traveling a lot for work. So for a long period of time, I was living off um, almonds or bread I made myself to keep it as clean as I could. But then I still felt bad uh, when I was traveling. I was living off uh, dry fruit because it was easy to buy and I got sicker and sicker. And lo and behold, one of my worst allergies is actually against sulfates. So anything like dried fruit is actually filled with sulfates to look nice in the back. So that made me sicker and sicker. And I had no idea. Did you ever worried about allergies, intolerances, or were you very careful to check the labels before choosing the product in the markets? No, never. I'm as naive about food or was as naive about food as most other people. I grew up a long time ago in Denmark and the food was, you didn't think that there was something in the food. You went when the supermarket started coming, you went and you bought things. But you didn't think that there was anything in it other than the food you bought. And I've lived all over the world. So I've eaten crocodile and chicken feet and fish eyes and God knows what else in all sorts of markets all over the world. And I wouldn't have considered that you could be, well, I heard about allergies, but that was people that couldn't breathe when they were told when they were eating peanuts or shellfish or something like that. I didn't think it could occur to me. And I certainly didn't think that as long as I could breathe, I didn't think it was allergies to start with. I had no clue. 
Which were the restrictions that you had in cooking and eating? Well, the first six months after I started being diagnosed, one of the big surprises for me was a wheat allergy because a very big part of my diet was my homemade bread or, or things made from flour of different kind. And I have wheat allergies. I also have buckwheat allergy and various other sorts of grains. So for me, the first six months I spent going to the supermarket and standing there looking at the shelves thinking, oh, I can't have this and I can't have this. And what do I do instead? Um, I couldn't imagine not being able to eat bread. How do you eat without? You know, how do you have a diet without? So I think that was for me the hardest challenges. That was this standing in the supermarket thinking, okay, then what? Now what? And every cookbook and every cooking show I started looking at were always a religion that you might try to be gluten free, but then you put buckwheat in everything or because it has some of the similar um, capabilities in terms of binding th stuff together or no, no, then you are vegetarian um, and then you eat a lot of pulses instead. And that was time consuming and I didn't really know how to treat them. So I found it very, very difficult to sort through how to get inspiration to even cook something that was worth eating. I think that was the hardest part. How difficult is for an allergic person to change his or her diet? And how much time need a person to adapt in a new menu? We're all different. I took a long time. I've been working on this for, for years. I think our taste also develop and our world locally, I think, is getting smaller. So we are now able also via the internet and the YouTube videos and the world we have around us, we are able to get inspiration from other cuisines than the one we necessarily live in. And I think that is helping people. I think it also a little bit depends on your cultural background. There are some cuisines that are better suited to certain kind of allergies than others, to be quite uh, frank. I think you will need to give it six months to a year to actually find your feet in terms of food. And that is if you have some interest in it. If you have no interest in it, just learning how to read the labels and stuff, you can do that in a couple of months. It doesn't have to be difficult. Just try for a week to cut one thing out of your diet Try to write down what you eat and see the consequences of what you're doing. I find that is actually something that doesn't take a lot of effort. But to really change every single habit, you need to take it one step at a time. And I think six months is not a bad length of time to think that you will actually have to use for it. Well, talking about food, how did your body react it in case you didn't respect it, all these rulers? For me, it's my blood pressure goes way up, 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 and my ears start to burn. Um, and then for certain of my allergies, especially on mustard seeds, if I get mustard, um, I can't breathe very well. And it's not to the point of having to go to the hospital, but I always have an asthma inhaler on me. And I always have antihistamines on me. And the other thing that happens if I eat, if I cheat, is that I feel that I bloat up. Um, not the feeling of, mm, I ate too many cookies for Christmas, yeah. but the feeling of feeling like the Michelin man 
and the clothes suddenly doesn't fit and it takes you days to feel normal again and you have to be very careful. And it is that power that I really want people to get back to their own eating habits and their own health. What did the doctor suggest it uh, and how did you follow up this procedure? Well, I got all everything in French. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because that's what you do here. Um, so it was a little bit hard. I Luckily, I have a, a, an allergy person, um, doctor, to help me. I see her every six months still, and this has been almost 10 years because I have these borderline allergies. Um, so borderline on, on uh, dust and borderline on anything. And because of the sulfates allergies especially, I always need to be careful about smoked stuff or blue cheese, things like that, uh, molded. So the follow-up is basically stop eating it or avoid dot, 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 or try to find substitute dot, dot, dot. Um, but the combination of stuff is is very hard, and and she knows that. And I think that that helps you that you have one that you at least see every six months that understands that it's not just obviously. And I keep saying I'm one of the lucky ones because when you just know, you can avoid most things. I think the combination of allergies or intolerances and sensitivities, I think, is what makes it complicated. Um, for, for, for me, um, I hear people with uh, not allergies who are scared to death about traveling, um, who really don't dare to go into a restaurant because they also hear that all those horror stories. So much as the Internet can be hugely helpful finding for us that suffer from some of the same uh, things and that has experience, I find is very helpful. So supporting each other, say, have you tried this brand? Or I've heard about this and this, maybe you could. I think, th and that's really why I started Any Allergy Food to the begin with, because I wanted to give people a place where they could ask these questions and where there would be others but it hasn't gotten that far yet, where you have other people that could just chip in and say, hey, I have seen, have you noticed? I was just at a supermarket the other day and they had some new biscuits, um, gluten-free biscuits without all the chemicals in them and they look really good. I can't have them, but someone else might be. And I think that's the kind of thing where we are best suited to try to help each other. To share information. To share information as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, well, you have written in your webpage that you have used uh, numerous cookbooks and had multiple failures over 15 years. <laughs> How did you find a way to focus on leading the right path in all this stressful situation? I think not being afraid of the failures in the kitchen, who does it hurt that you throw out a bread? It's not very good, but the birds were happy. Um, until you start seeing, oh, but if I do that repeatedly, I'm not talking about doing it every day, but I find that's the only thing that works. And then for me, a lot of the ethnic food, so... Um, Food that's the Indian cooking, the Thai cooking especially, are something that 
um, is easier for me because of my combination of allergies. With the spicy things. With there. the spicy things and playing with the spices, I love that. I think it's um, it's very interesting. But reading also getting an idea of what is, why do they put the sweet and the salty, the spicy and the sugary and the bitter? And why do they combine things this way? What is in Ayurveda kitchen why do they do this i think it's very interesting so the spices and what you can do with spices i find i find it a whole new world and it can live in up almost any dish you try making scrambled eggs but put a bit of cumin in there and they taste completely different and i find them absolutely marvelous then an omelette can be an experience even if you couldn't have the cheese yeah This is why they say cooking is an art. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. But it's your expression. Yeah. The only ones that have to like it is the people you have to serve it for. So somehow you need your family support. And I think that's one of the big uh, issues. And it's certainly something we talk a lot about when I do webinars and talk to people with allergies and food intolerances that the family is not always as supportive or is harder to change habits. And I have a rule in my household, for example, I don't make desserts anymore that I can't eat myself. There are no gluten-containing um, cakes or desserts at all anymore. I just don't have it. I don't even have flour, normal flour in the household anymore. Originally, my husband insisted on doing some of his gluten-contained things, and he still eats his bread, but it's become less and less. So I think it's also being stubborn about this is what's cooked in this house, and then try to find something that actually suits the household. And I'm not saying it easy. And to be creative. <laughs> and to be creative about, oh, what can I do with a bunch of eggs and a bit yeah. of vegetables? And one of the conversations I often have is the vegetables and making the vegetables more interesting. I grew up in a culture where the vegetables were cooked in salty water. And they were cooked until they were soft and had absolutely no taste. So anything from broccoli and uh, cauliflower over even carrots and peas were just tasteless mush. And when you'd start finding out that the Indians, for example, in their cooking, they cook without water. They put a little bit of onions at the bottom and that gives enough steam to actually cook the vegetables and they still keep their taste. I mean, that's something where we can really learn from other people. We don't have to make it hot, hot, spicy, but using the spices to give things a little bit of a flavor um, or a warmth. I mean, use cinnamon, uh, use a little bit of ginger to give warmth to a dish without cooking it to pieces. I think that's something that certainly I from the north could learn a lot of. Well, because of the origin of this story, a few years later, you decided to share it and to help the others, and you founded AnyAllergyFood.com, which today counts many members and also many informations, recipes, and organized webinars for people suffering from allergies. How did all this idea came up, and when did you decide to found AnyAllergyFood.com? I got a little bit tired of the question, oh, but what is it that you can't eat? Much as I'm really appreciative when friends and family 
want to cook something I can have as well. I thought it would be easier to share some of the recipes for others. And I'm meeting, and I was meeting more and more people who had challenges with different things. And as I say, every time you buy a cookbook, it was some kind of, oh, always use this. And if you then can't use mustard in all your salad dressings, what do you do instead? And the amount of cookbooks takes up a lot of space. And somehow there must be ways to share the tricks that you can change this or that. It doesn't have to be a religious experience or you always have to use this instead of that. But you can always use different tricks and tips when you're cooking. So it's not the same whether you are doing a savory dish or a sweet dish. And I've found that having the recipes in one place and being able to share some of these things with other people, I really want to develop it further. I wish I had more time. It's not right there right now, but it will come to do even more in terms of community, um, to have more people moderate each other, help each other, Uh, share have other people's recipe at the moment it's a very manual process people sent me a recipe I try it out and then I put it on there or I play around over Christmas as I did this Christmas with various different recipes and then I when I find the time I start posting it and I would like to have that a more inclusive have more people involved that's really One of the my hopes also with this interview that there will be other people who are interested um, in starting sharing their tips and tricks to make cooking something that is a possibility to experiment and eat nice stuff, even if you have a limitation, that it doesn't become a handicap. On your description, you have highlighted this fact. I want to be able to pick up and choose among the different recipes. Do not be limited to a specific diet. But to have allergies, and especially in food, it is a big challenge. How do the people suffering from the allergies can do that? Well, they can use my page, Any Allergy Food, and hopefully also be involved. Um, but it's really a place where if you have to start somewhere, read the recipe and see if you can use it from any allergy food and especially go down to the tips box and uh, take some of the ideas. Use your imagination from there. At least it gives a starting point. Charlotte, what do you get out of this by spending so much time and effort of helping the others? I hope that I help someone. I also, I have to admit, love the idea that you can bond with other people that you are somehow a tribe of people where it doesn't have to be limitations or handicaps or more difficult. But really for me, it's about helping people, just as I had helped, to take back the power over what we eat, especially as women. Um, and I'm not discounting the men because there are more and more men getting trouble with, uh, with IBS and allergies and intolerances as well. But as women, we are so focused on what we look like and how much we weigh. Let's be honest. We are all focused on that and far too much, I think. At least make sure it's a choice and not our health that makes it more difficult than it has to. So if I can help just five people more to take their own control back over what they eat and what they felt like to this morning before they went to work or when they had to meet new people, then 
that's what I get out of it, that pleasure of having helped someone. Dear Charlotte, thank you very much for your time and for sharing your amazing story with us and with all our listeners about how your story inspires the others to help. I wish you a lot of success with any allergy food, but as well for all the other activities that you have. And uh, for all our listeners, if you have allergies or food intolerance, visit the webpage of charlotteanyallergyfood.com. Dear listeners, it was Voice Matters hosted today by me, Oriola Spajo, and let's meet together in the next episode of Voice Matters only here on ARA City Radio.